0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good day to you, sir. Uh, and good day to you. How goeth it?
1: Oh, I would say better than average. Better than average. Well, that's... It's a little bit wishful, but... Above average, so... That's the goal I'm... Wishful. I'm ...striving for.
0: <laughs> wishful. <laughs> yes. So you're saying, was well, is this not yet a present reality, or are you just anticipating the rest of the day?
1: I think I just said it. In confidence. (laughs) Expecting that it will
0: come to fruition. I put it out into the universe. (laughs) How goes it for you? Oh, I I feel all right. I'm I'm just ready for spring. Mm. There's a line in one of C.S. Lewis's poems where he says we are weak with winters. <laughs> oh. That's how I feel. I'm at the point where I'm <laughs> I am weak with winter. I am, you know.
1: man, when I when I saw the temperature forecast for this afternoon and tomorrow and so forth, it's like oh boy, it's happening. Yes. Like, It actually, I felt like I felt I felt brighter in my bones yes. this morning. Like oh okay. Yes. I'm like not a warm weather person, but I'm like, <laughs> but I would like
0: that. Yes. Yes. I like temperate. Especially after just bitter cold. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit frigid. All of that stuff. And mm. I was standing outside greeting at church as of this recording this past Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And at six PM there was still sunlight in the sky. Whoa, yeah. And that's one of my first markers of oh. We are turning a corner. See, look, this is funny, because I'm, like, getting emotional thinking about this (laughs) before we're even starting this podcast episode, but have you ever read, or are you familiar with the children's story, The Wind in the Willows?
1: The name sounds familiar to me. Yeah,
0: I'd never read it. It's something I want to read to Abby here shortly, but I was like, I'll just read it first just to, you know, see, but it's basically about these anthropomorphic animals. I love this already. You know, so it's, you've got, like, the two primary characters are a rat and a mole, you know, and so they have on this little river and it's just, it's a very charming, Mm -hmm. very charming. But there's this very moving part in the book where it's like spring is kind of in the air and they're trying to find this little lost otter's child. He's gone missing. Mm -hmm. So they're off on this adventure to find him at this point in the story. And they end up, I'm not going to spoil everything, but you can read it for free on Amazon Prime if you're interested. But they end up meeting the god, Pan, you know, who in like Greek mythology is, you know, he's like the one of the key nature gods and it's it's before don't don't freak out if you're you know like don't it's nothing to freak out about okay but it's um it's incredibly moving cuz if i describe it i'm going to both spoil it and i'm going to start crying but oh. it's just very uh, moving how Dang. he just he brings like all this spring and life and joy and uh, there's this moment where as they're about to like go approach him because he's holding the little child he's been keeping him safe mm-hmm. and uh, mouse The rat looks at uh, Mole or one of the, I can't remember, I'm maybe getting it mixed up, but he looks at him and he says, are you afraid? And Rat says, afraid of Pan? No, of course not. Oh, but yet I am afraid, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's that, you know, getting so close to life and joy yeah. and happiness. And, anyway, I feel like that when I see, yeah. you know, one of the first markers is, you know, Gosh. oh, but there's still sunlight at 6 p.m. You know? I think I would really love that book. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really, it's truly, it's charming. Like I said it's written for children, but as with most really well-written children's books, I think it's even <laughs> better for grownups. Yeah. I have laughed aloud. I have cried, you know, it's yes. great. It's great. So anyway, yes, I'm ready for warmer weather. Mm. Oh man. Oh man. Yes indeed. All that is to say I thought it was funny. He's like I'm gonna think about this and start crying, but we're <laughs> dealing with uh this is kind of um an emotionally charged topic, this Certainly. this episode, the stuff yeah, that we're we're dealing I, with here. I think so. Because I, I think that on the notes of, you know, cold and winter and being weak and all that stuff and looking for hope on the horizon, even the most stout hearted of believers find themselves from time to time in this puzzling place where it feels like the reality of Christ's presence and work doesn't align with our expectations of mm-hmm. how Christ will act in the world and what he's going to do in our lives and in our communities. Certainly. I actually was struck by this and thought, eh, we could talk about this in a podcast because I made a mention in a sermon recently of the fact that even John the Baptist experienced this sort of disappointment when he sat confined in Herod's prison. And here's the exact reference, one of them, in the Gospels from Luke 7, 18 through 20, John's disciples told him about all these things. And that is, they told him about all the miracles and works of mercy and the amazing things that Jesus was doing, such as <laughs> healing a centurion's dying servant and raising a widow's son from the dead. It's pretty big. Pretty big deal. So calling two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And so when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, you just pause and think about that for a second. (laughs) It's John the Baptist who is asking this question. You know, John the Baptist, not some schmuck from Jerusalem, not a religious huckster john the baptist Mm, you know pretty big name yeah you know the man who recognized jesus while they were both still in the womb you know (laughs) the man who spent his entire ministry career out in the wilderness living a threadbare uncomfortable life for the sake of jesus you know the one who famously looked at him and said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world i must decrease but christ must increase (laughs) you know you got all that stuff and this john the baptist is now asking jesus are you the one Or should I start looking for someone else to come save us and do the Messiah's work? And all of that, by the way, in the context of he has heard what Jesus is doing. Yeah, exactly. Like that question is triggered by sitting in prison and hearing this, healing the sick, raising the dead, forgiving sinners. And yet he seems disappointed and I mean, I'd almost dare say hurt yeah. by Jesus. Some people think so much of John the Baptist. They're like, he didn't mean that question. He was Ooh. asking it as famously Calvin in his commentary was like, now John was a holy man. So, you know, he was asking this question for the sake of his own disciples as if he was kind of trying to be like... <laughs> asking as like, for a friend. Yeah, dude. like asking for a friend. Like, <laughs> like oh, I, man. you know, Calvin got a lot right, but when he got it wrong, you know.
1: Yeah, I think, and especially with this, it's not just that, oh, I've spent my life working for this and now I'm in prison and I'm wondering if I got it right. It's not just that. On top of that, he's now hearing of these incredible miracles. Yes. And then following these reports, something I I would take that as wonderful reassurance personally. Right, yeah. Like, oh, here he is. Ooh, I'd feel galvanized. I'd feel refreshed. But instead, he is choosing this occasion to ask is it really you? Or <laughs> and here's even this, should I start
0: looking for someone else? You're in prison, brother. Yeah. Excuse me? Good luck? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, because there is this almost, it's like one of those things that you both want to laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. But I think so much of this it's easy to forget that John the Baptist had been preaching a very specific message of repentance and of judgment. Mm. You know, he had once said in Matthew three twelve, for example, God's winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire, you know, which was all true. And that was a message God commissioned him to preach. And God is going to do those things. The judge of all the earth will judge justly. He will make all things right. But John's expectation evidently was that Jesus was going to start doing that without delay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure he in very visible in ways. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, like and there was a sense in which even in his work he was doing that. As in like he was dividing up. That's true. He was revealing, you know, who to use John's language, who was wheat, who was chaff. Yeah. But not in the exact way yet I think <laughs> that he was expecting, right? Yeah, right. Because the reality turned out to be quite different. So rather than watching Jesus execute violent judgment on God's enemies. He's languishing in prison unjustly while Jesus is slowly roaming the Galilean countryside, preaching, healing, and forgiving repentant people. And that evidently jarred him. Yeah, I mean, I think that would
1: certainly clear up your expectations. Right,
0: right. And I think, you know, to kind of come back to Calvin's point, there's almost this initial reaction where if that's true, you kind of want to chastise someone like John or any believer for asking Jesus a question like that. Of course, yeah. Like, how could you, how how could you question whether Jesus is the Savior? And how could you doubt Him after all you've heard and seen? Uh-huh. And yet, I do find it comforting to the utmost that Jesus doesn't reprimand John very much so. Yeah, or smack him on the mouth for that. He answers him gently, like he sends those disciples who came to him back to John with a calming word and simply reminds him of what he already knows to be true. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll just read the following verses where it says, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. And so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind received sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me.
1: One thing I find really amazing about that kind of response, it doesn't even feel like he's making a case for himself in the way that we would. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't feel like he's raising this robust academic defense, at least at first glance. I mean, obviously, he is saying a yep. great deal here. Right. But it's not the way I feel like I would want to react.
0: Right, It's right. just like,
1: hey look at what I'm doing.
0: Yes. yes. Wow,
1: dude. Yeah.
0: And so he's, I mean, just, that's really, he's just reminding him, like John had already heard these things, you know? Like there's this this sense in which he's, it seems like he's just kind of reminding him,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. stop and think about this for a minute, John. I am working. I'm healing. I'm saving. I'm doing everything the Messiah was prophesied to do in places like Isaiah. In fact, he's alluding to the words of Isaiah when he says all that, when he says the blind receive their sight, the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised. Good news is proclaimed to the poor. That all comes out of Isaiah. And um, interestingly, I was was just reminded of this as I was reviewing this and prepping again. He's pulling that from a particular passage in Isaiah. And what's interesting is he actually, he leaves one thing off that list. What, really? He does. And you know what it is? What is it? Fascinatingly, the captives are set free from prison. He leaves no that one way. off. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, dude. That That's is. That's the one he leaves off.
1: Kind of shocking. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> oh. there's almost this like. I don't know what and, to do with that. But and John would have known that. Yeah. Like John the Baptist would have realized that. That he had left that ooh, off. You know, he wouldn't that have missed kinda, it. That kind of hurts a little. Yeah. But there's almost. It's like. It's not, again, it's not like a rebuke, but almost as if like John, you're looking. Oh, kind of like the Pharisees were like. John was right. I mean, he said there's no man born of woman greater than John. And yet it's like you're still looking at it in the wrong way right now. Yeah, like, right. I'm coming to do this work that I was prophesied to do, but don't understand it in that very, it's literal eschatological final judgment right now. Which right. I think it was, you, you were, you know, I was about to make a theology joke that's like, <laughs> it's no, you know, we talk about, he immunitized the eschaton. <laughs> you know, but that's kind of like... What John apparently was doing, and Jesus, meanwhile, is perfectly meeting the expectations that were prophesied, Yeah. but John, for example, was so fixated on the truth that the Messiah was coming to judge evil, that he also lost sight of the fact that the Messiah was sent into the world as a prophet of mercy and grace, mm-hmm. and I think what Jesus is trying to do here is like, adjust your expectations. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do that, but there's something else that comes too, and before that, and I think... With even, like, leaving off that last little bit, there's almost yeah. a sense in which he's trying to help John let go of those, you know, not to allegorize it too much, but, like, the the shackles and chains of, of doubt and slightly maladjusted expectations. Yeah. You know, like, you can be free from prison whether you're physically inside Herod's dungeon or not. And that's the kind of work I've come to do. I
1: don't know. I really... You're going to have to, like, check to see whether or not I'm using this out of context in a way that's irresponsible. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm in, it's this straightforward. <laughs> It's just something that came to mind, so I've not vetted this. But when we started this, it was just um, this kind of sentiment that really, is stuck in my mind for a very long time. And it's just like the hope deferred makes the heart sick verse. Yeah, right, I'm, right. I'm hoping that that's not. No, I think okay. that's exactly right. Because there are very, very few times that that has happened in my life in a very keen and painful way. Yep. Truly I have s- so few things to complain about in life but there are, you know I could probably count on one hand certainly just these few times or that is stung in profound ways. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that that in in a way does speak to holding this hope or expectation for something. Yeah. And when life falls short of that that will lay you low for a while, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. certainly like, I can only imagine how much more John might be feeling this unjustly in prison. Right. You know, and it's like, I I find so much comfort in his, (laughs) this sounds terribly unfortunate, (laughs) in his distress. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, even he, you know? And it's, it's just very heartening to see how Jesus speaks to him.
0: Yes. And I think exactly to all those points, you know, I mean, whether we say it aloud or not, many of us and i would include myself here you know Mm -hmm. but like we come to expect that a relationship with jesus means we're going to be safe from hardship affliction even just those banal disappointments yeah that come from here are my expectations and then oh wait a minute yeah i mean i do this i was literally just yesterday kind of like smacking myself on the head for saying i get upset over the mildest inconveniences (laughs) <laughs> you know like you could sure. go down a list like my tire went flat lord yeah. why have you forsaken me <laughs> Ooh, I've you been know there. right right <laughs> you know it's like my amazon package is gonna take three days to ship instead of two you know you've abandoned me it, it, it's thunderstorming on the day i wanted to go on the lake you don't love me, yeah. you know? A, mm. a shingle on my roof needs fixed. Like, oh my gosh. And it's like, what is, uh, you know?
1: It's funny because at first, just like thinking about, Well, Christians think that no harm comes to them. and They yeah. should be spared from hearts. But I'm like, yeah, right. I, I know the verses. <laughs> I know the verses that tell me what I should expect. But no, actually, yeah. when the thing truly does happen to me, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I feel betrayed by my own expectations it really
1: does hit when it's truly unfolding in your life
0: yeah and again to that point all of you who listened who knew my father who know my father you know he's very fond of saying god never promised us a rose garden (laughs) and that is just a fact as he never promised us a trouble-free affliction-free life yeah he promised the opposite in fact he promised it he (laughs) said in this world you will have trouble but then in the same breath, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Or you get the psalmist, like in Psalm 66, where he says, You God have tested us, you've tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. You know, we went through fire and through water. But of course, he's able to come to the place where he can see, yet you've brought us out to a place of abundance. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, there is a C.S. Lewis I think it was in A Grief Observed, which, speaking of all of that kind of stuff. That certainly tracks. I think it's there where he says, experience is a cruel teacher, but you learn. Oh, man. But that's it. It's like, yeah, there is. there really is a difference. And it's easy. I'm talking about this on a podcast. So, you know, it's like, Lord, <laughs> give us all strength and grace. But, like, there is a difference between merely knowing. Oh, I, I can recite the verses. Like, I know I'm up here. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, okay, when crap actually hits the fan. You know, when I'm John languishing in prison or yeah. like when a major disappointment has occurred in my life and my expectations feel dashed, do I actually believe these things? Yeah. And uh, there will be times when things just won't go the way you thought they would go. Mm-hmm. And you may have a John the Baptist moment where you feel like you're looking out from behind prison bars and you're wondering like, God, am I missing something here? Yeah. But I think one of the major encouragements... You mentioned like being oddly comforted by John's distress, yeah. which again, I think that's part of the reason, among many others, that God put things like that in scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that you could know, like, if I have that moment, I belong to Christ. He's not going to chastise me for asking that question. Mm-hmm. If we'll let him, he can speak that same calming word that our storm-tossed souls are aching for. Look, remember what I have done and what I am doing and what I've promised I will do Mm -hmm. with the assurance that, you know, it does it. You can make it to pie in the sky where it's like, well, it'll all be all right in the sweet by and (laughs) by, you know? But there there really is. I mean, God gave those promises of the renewal of all things Mm -hmm. and the setting of all the wrongs made right. It's just really hard to hold that
1: cosmic perspective. It is.
0: Yeah, because it feels like, well, that's just not going to come. Like it feels so distant. It feels so... But, you know, Paul is constantly saying the whole length of your life is just compared to forever mm-hmm. is the blink of an eye. Yeah. And one of the ways we become more like Jesus is by going through these hardships and afflictions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing is it's making us more like him. You know, like it, it happened to him too. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's on the cross crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so if we're going to be like our master... You know, if we're going to be like Peter, when he says to this, you've been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps, we can expect, you know, and I think that's maybe, you know, you don't want to become a pessimist, but like (laughs) not, uh, well, again, quote Peter, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. It's like, okay, this is normal, you Mm -hmm. know, at least on this side of things. And uh, I think if we can approach that Rightly. And even then, like when we have those moments of disappointment and when they come and we have the questions is to keep pressing forward. And with the help and grace of God, you know, see that like muscles being stretched and torn through vigorous exercise, this initial feeling is painful. You know, like these are painful moments. What John was experiencing is nothing to laugh at. But the end result is that with the proper form and help, you will become stronger. Right. Uh, You will become more rooted in the faith. You will become nearer. Uh, to Christ. And uh, you'll know him in, well, again, to quote Paul, Philippians 3, you'll know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just don't get that apart from the sufferings part. Yeah. And dashed expectations certainly meet that criteria, I think, at least if we take John the Baptist's example seriously. So, uh, yeah, that's a fun topic. <laughs> but hopefully, again, a, uh, a roundabout, encouraging, and comforting one yeah. in the midst of everything that we're all enduring in our own lives. So thank you, as always, for listening. And if you have any questions on this or any related topics, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at net. And uh, if you did find this helpful to you and you did want to leave us an honest five-star review, that would be a comfort to uh, to many, you know, as, as we're we're doing the thing, you know? Getting about it there. (laughs) So, thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.